With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you are in desperate need of a trustworthy used vehicle now, do you have an expert you can visit today who will treat you and your family right? Maybe you've got a son or daughter nearing driving age or headed off to college. With a wide range of vehicles and service second to none, trust Bennett Motors in Mayfield, Kentucky. Visit online at BennettMotorsInc.com Conveniently located at 2280 State Route 45 North. That's Bennett Motors Mayfield just off I-69 on State Route 45 North. Thanks for joining us on another edition of Drawn to Wildlife. Here's your host, Drew Ramage. All right, welcome to another show of Drawn to Wildlife. This week we are going to be tackling a topic of summer food plots. Basically, if you're planting maybe a corn plot or a bean plot or something from Whitetail Institute called Power Plant or, or something else like that uh, from Eagle Seed. Um, I know Dr. Grant Woods does several things on that uh, line as well. Um, but we're going to talk about how to, to plant those plots. It is not too late. I know this is the 1st of June, but we've had an extremely wet first, I don't know, five months of the year. And a lot of farmers are just now starting to get their beans in the ground. Some of them are still getting corn in the ground. And if you're going to be doing a food plot, you know, for deer or something like that, you still got plenty of time to put it in the ground if you're not going to be harvesting that. Uh, they usually need, I think, around 90 to 110 days to grow. So if you get in the ground, you know, mid-June, July, August, even into September, the crop's going to be there. It'll it'll mature and still provide some much-needed uh, food for the deer in the late season. So I have never done a corn or bean pot before, and... Finally got the ground worked up, got a little acre here behind the house, and I figured I'd give it a try. And, you know, I've done some fall food plots, annuals and stuff. It's similar, but there are some differences too, and I wanted to go in depth this week on this week's show. So I called my buddy Josh Yancey. He's going to join us. He has done this three or four times uh, on the 17 acres he used to have, and now I think he's got a little over 100, and he's doing something similar again on that. So we're just going to walk through it from the beginning until the end. So let me see if I can get Josh on the phone. And we're just going to talk about the pros, the cons, the process. And maybe if you're somebody like me that's never done it before and you want to get your feet wet or get your hands dirty and try this for the first time, all I can say is try it. And you can only learn from it and do better the next time. So that's what we're going to talk about. All right. I got Josh Yancey on the phone. Josh, you doing all right this fine evening? I sure am. Good deal. (laughs) Yes, sir. Just plugging along in this crazy old world. Uh, that it is, my friend. Yeah. That it is. Uh, yeah, it's just, whew. Between the coronavirus and the rioting and everything, I'm glad I live in the country. And Well, uh, yeah, I, me and you both. Yeah. And I'm, uh, <laughs> my talk. heart goes out for the whole situation, and I hope it can, some good can come of it all, and uh, a man, uh, maybe even be pointing back to Jesus even more. Well, and that's the thing. I told a lady today, a customer of mine, and, uh, uh, she, we were talking and, you know, and, uh, and this lady, she's an African-American lady and she was talking about all this and stuff. And we both looked at each other at the same time and said, you know what? We just need to love each other. That's right. That's it. That's all. 
Because there's, there's really there's only one race. That's the human race, and that's created that's by it. our Savior. He he he. Red and yellow, black and white. It don't matter. We're all the same in His sight. So uh, yeah, exactly. And that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Yeah. So. Well, we could talk about that for a while yes, too. Could. I believe and. And our thoughts on the corona, uh, coronavirus, but uh, let's, let's go back to the topic at hand. I got you. Yeah, talk about uh, the summer plots and everything. And I, I've been picking your brain on this, and uh, uh, I've, I've had, you know, my 20 acres here at the house, and I've, uh, mainly it's woods. Um, there's, a, there's a couple areas that are uh, open, but not very much. I think I did a little Onyx stuff today and did a shape area, and I planted, I think I planted 0.82 acres. And there's probably about 1.25 acres up there uh, that is free. But I, I wanted to do something besides the fall plot. I wanted to put something in there like corn and just let it stay throughout the uh, the fall. And then, you know, once deer find it, when everything else has been plucked around me, maybe to hold the deer and or do the soybeans if the corn doesn't work out. We'll talk about that as we go. Uh, and I know you've done the same thing uh, on your 17 acres and then on your new farm. You've done corn and beans, and you're doing beans again this year. Is that right? Yeah, the farmer that's farming it this year, actually, I'm I'm getting lucky because, uh, you know, in the past, I've done it with my, you know, little no-till planter. Mm -hmm. Since I bought this new farm, he's farming uh, the tillable acres on it. And so I made a deal with him, and the way it lays out, he can just go in there with his big planter Mm -hmm. and, and plant my what's going to be my food plots and then I can just pay him for the seed and, and, and he'll leave it standing for me. So, uh, so this year that works out really well, yeah. uh, for, for me on that part, but I have done it most of the time on my own jump ahead, but no, you're fine. You, know, you can do, uh, you know, even if you, you know, like buy the equipment, I'm not talking about, you know, you have to go buy a tractor cause a lot of times people will let you borrow a tractor. Yeah. Back first, I did it. I borrowed a tractor mm-hmm. and, you know, and then far as the equipment to do it with, you know, I know we, me and you were talking, you can go to a local co-op mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, some of this stuff, like I bought my no-till planter from a gentleman who was making them only, I paid a thousand dollars for it, mm-hmm. which I didn't think was that bad. I mean, and so, even if you don't want to spend that kind of money, like you, I know you were talking about, and we've talked about before that you can go to a, a co-op or, or mm-hmm. something like that. And a lot of times these county co-ops, they'll have something you can use mm-hmm. to, to plant. So, yeah. 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 Don't be afraid to ask around, ask your buddies. I, I think they're going to be more than willing to help. If you've never done this before, you don't have the equipment, but maybe you got the location. Um, I asked my buddy to borrow. I saw he had a planter and asked him to borrow it. And he's always planted um, uh, some, usually fall blends of some sort, either oats or wheat or something. And his planter does good. It's a 13-row, like John Deere planter of some sort. Uh, but he'd never done beans or corn with it. And the, the seed size and the, the amount you're putting out varies based off what you're doing. And I had to work on it a little bit to make it try to work. I'll be honest, it, it didn't work like I planned. I, the tubes I had to make for the seed to drop in, I didn't make them long enough. So it, I'm going to be learning from it. But then don't be afraid to ask people because I finally learned that Shay's uncle had one. And I've already had this other uh, planner from my buddy Kyle. And he said, well, you could have borrowed this one. And it probably would have done better once I figured out the tubes weren't long enough for that seed to drop in there and, and put them in the the 
whenever that disc cuts that little row for the seed to fall into, it wasn't quite hitting like it was supposed to. So, yeah, like piggybacking on what you said, don't forget to ask. Don't don't be afraid to ask somebody for help or or guidance or assistance or something. But number one thing is just give it a try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and and uh, I know you you've had a lot of different people on your podcast sure. and on your radio show and you know like dr grant woods and mm-hmm. all them guys and you know i will say that it, it is important we can jump into this that if you're going to do it and you're going to put the time and the effort and mm-hmm. the money money yeah yeah i mean i would i would very much say you know try to do your homework go get a soil sample or mm-hmm. and you know it don't take fertilizer really is it's it's not terribly expensive no. i mean you're just doing an acre mm-hmm. or you know, a half acre or three quarters acre it's not that much money as far as you know and i'll tell you something else too i know we're talking corn and beans and stuff but i was talking to my brother-in-law today about you know he was asking funny that you were were talking about this night because he was calling me asking me (laughs) some questions about doing food plots he's wanting to do some and i was telling him about frost seed and clover which Mm -hmm. i know you yeah my, my fall plots from last year I did that this spring, and they look awesome. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say. Mine looked awesome. We've had a wet spring, and I think that contributed to it. Yes, but, you know, that is an awesome way to plant a really good food plot with not a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's, uh, you know, and it's relatively, you know, not that hard to do. I no. mean, especially if you're going to do it in the late winter, you know, that frost seeding. So, uh, really works well if you had planted a, a, a fall annual. That's a great yeah. cover crop to put in it. And I will say this, guys, I have a little clover plot, and then I'm putting this, this well, it's going to be a corn plot this year if the corn makes like I hope it does. And I went up there the other night, and I had eight deer in like a little, I don't know, 50-yard uh, by 25-yard in, in width and length thing, and they were annihilating it. But they're but that clover is very browse-resistant. I mean, they can it can take a lot of browse. And you take still, a lot of oh, but yeah. it, they are attracted to it right now. I can tell you right now, a lot of the beans aren't in the ground yet, and they are smacking that clover. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? And clover, like you said, it you know if you get a good stand for the most, you may have to fill in a little bit through the mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, you may have to go back and cross seed some just oh, yeah. to fill in patches. But for the most part, if you if you take care of it, man, mm-hmm. it can last you five years. Yeah three to five years and you yeah. you may need to mow it a couple times and, and i would say right. pay attention to the weather you don't want to do it when there's a drought getting ready to come on but you also want to try to keep that plant tender and that's what the deer like is when it's tender and mowing it helps keep the the invasive weeds and stuff out because that clover comes back up and keeps those weeds from growing so uh outstanding thing food plot is clover outstanding yeah so all right, let's take a quick break on Drawn to Wildlife, and we'll be right back after we recognize these fine supporters. Hey, just a quick note as we're heading into our break. Something that makes being outdoors more enjoyable and doing tasks around my hunting properties much easier is an ATV or UTV from Chase Motorsports. I utilize mine throughout the season, checking trail cameras, scouting, and putting up stands, and it is such a convenience. Chase Motorsports has a wide selection that can fit your needs. Check them out online at ridewithchase.com, or better yet, stop by their store located at 1212 Brown Street in Paducah, Kentucky. 
Signet Federal Credit Union wants you to know that when it comes time for your next auto loan, you can pick who you want to do the financing. Signet Federal Credit Union offers the best automotive loan rates in the area, and with indirect lending, you can tell the dealership that you want the loan to stay with your credit union. Most dealers will already have the paperwork, so you won't have to make a special trip to your branch. You can learn more about Signet Federal Credit Union, their automotive loans, indirect lending, or any of the member benefits by speaking with a loan officer or by visiting SignetFCU.com. As a mom with a busy family, it sometimes feels like I've spent half my day driving. On weekends, we also spend a lot of family time at the lake on our boat. When Hibbs Insurance bundled our home, vehicle, and boat insurance together, we were amazed at the savings. How long has it been since you obtained a new insurance quote? Call Hibbs Insurance Agency today and schedule one. 270-554-2105. 270-554-2105. All right, let's let's get into my little list here. Um, okay. All right, location. Uh, how did uh, for me? I didn't have much of a choice. <laughs> I have very limited open ground, but there there's like a dead spot there. And and I chose corn this year. Um, I know Dr. Grant Woods. We're supposed to talk about how to improve my property here on an, on an upcoming podcast. Uh, we're just going to talk about my twenty acres specifically, and he'll probably tell me I need to plant beans, and I totally agree with him. But I planted corn this year because of the timing. And I wanted something with a little bit more cover, a little more height to it to, prov- to provide more cover for it. Because I'm going to leave it standing for the majority, if not the whole season. And it's kind of open up there. I would say it's somewhat residential. There's some houses on the outskirts. And I just want to pl- make them feel as secure as possible. So that's why I went with corn. And I planted in the area that was best or the only place I could really plant. How, how about you? How did you choose your area you're going to have your plot in? Well, let's see. let if I talk about the place that I used to have when, because uh, uh, I had a similar size mm-hmm. property as you have mm-hmm. at that time, and then it was, uh, but I had a lot more open ground mm-hmm. than what you, because mm-hmm. you got woods when I had my, you know, 17, 20 acres, whatever it was over there. And for that, I was just trying to basically, you know, and for other people, they can do this too. I was trying to pull deer from other places. Correct. So, you know, I thought, well, I'm going big or go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I went in and planted. Uh, the first year, I planted corn, mm-hmm. and like I said, I borrowed the equipment. I mm-hmm. just paid for the seed and the fertilizer, and I planted uh, like four acres of corn. Okay. And yeah, and so I planted that whole field. If you can remember what yep, it looked like, I right do. There. And and I did basically what you're doing, except in a bigger scale. But I left all of it standing, and then I went in. Uh, about, I think I did it in September. Mm-hmm. Like when our season comes in, it was like mid September. Mm-hmm. I knocked down about an acre. Yeah. And and it was like a secluded acre. Yeah. So, and also I did like, uh, like almost like a wagon wheel, like little trails going mm-hmm. out where I knew the deer entered the field. So, and it was, it was like what you're wanting to do, to, you know, use part of it to block. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause my house was just right up there. Yeah. And, and I used a, a portion of it to block, you know, the, the view from the house mm-hmm. and, and then the rest of it, you know, it, it gave a secluded, uh, type feel, yeah. the deer to feel comfortable coming out there in, in daylight. So it couldn't be seen. It was like a, it was like a big old screen basically. I remember cause your house was kind of up on the hill and kind of over the hill if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And when you look yeah. at that corn grow and everything, yeah, they, they felt perfect like at home back there and if i'm not mistaken there were some big deer showing up that first year 
yeah, I had some really big deer showing up, you know, and, and that was the main goal was to try to, you know, when your listeners can, you know, if you, it just don't matter if you got a small property. Mm, no, it doesn't. I mean, Cause yeah, you hold the does. That's what I'm doing. I'm holding the does, and hopefully, come yeah. October, November, December, the the big boy will come check them out. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, and that was my whole hope is okay. I'm gonna pull, try to pull any mature deer that I can here because I'm gonna try to hold every doe I can to feed them, mm-hmm. and 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 so that was my goal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, and yeah. I plan on knocking some down too, and maybe create putting a ground blind in with some of the stuff I knocked down, uh, depending on how things set up this year. So we'll just see how it plays out. All right. So what to plant, I guess you can do about anything. I'm doing corn this year cause I want to cover. And this is funny, of course, in years past, <laughs> there's usually not been much corn in my area this year to the East and the North and the West, they planted corn and to the South is going to be beans, but typically they plant beans all around me. And I just wanted something a little different. <laughs> right. Uh, but this year it's going to be, I'm going to be one of the few that are, I'm going to have corn like everybody else. Uh, the only difference is I'm going to leave mine standing. Uh, and how about, how about you this year? <laughs> well, and this year I'm going to have beans. Okay. And uh, my rest of my farm is beans, but there is a good, uh, in the, the neighboring farms are kind of mixed up. There's okay. some beans around and there's some corn around. So, but I will give you a, uh, uh, you you bringing that up because that's what i did on my old farm mm-hmm. is and people can try to do this is i always tried to rotate different than what the farms were mm-hmm. that were around yeah so you know if my neighbor had when i lived over there and had that plot if my if the people around me were planting corn then i planted beans sure and and then opposite you know the other thing mm-hmm. but it, the other thing is is that of course you know this now Planting corn is more expensive yeah. than planting beans. Yep. So, uh, you know, a bag of, if you go Roundup Ready corn, it's going to cost you. If you just go buy, I think Rural King sells it now for anybody. Uh, yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like $200 a bag. It was $210 a bag. But I, the good thing. About it was out of stock. I didn't get it there. I ended up talking to a local, UL, you talked to the local farmer for me and and I I told him how much I was planting, and he just sold me some Roundup Ready corn rather than me going buy a bag. But talk to your friends too, because I told him I was going to buy that, and I had two or three people saying they would split it with me. So, right, yeah, and so you can split because that one bag of corn, if you're doing it in a drill, mm-hmm. it's going to plant about three acres. Sure. So, so you can get you know quite a bit, and like you said, if if each of your buddies going to plant acres feet, you know you can split that up, and mm-hmm. you know seventy five dollars what you know a piece or whatever. That's manageable. And it's manageable, mm-hmm. right? And you know, so uh, it's just it, yeah. Corn is a little more expensive. Beans are, you know, for you know, you can get Roundup Ready beans for like fifty five bucks. I mean, yeah. So, but one bag of beans will only plant about an acre. Sure. So, so yeah, it's that'd be perfect for me. <laughs> correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's fairly expensive and to to plant beans. And, well, and we'll go into this podcast a little bit more, but I, we're going to see how mine turns out. And I may be coming in and putting beans down anyway, but we'll we'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, so how do you start, basically? I guess you need to find the location. Uh, you know, you're you're kind of you've got to probably the end of end of June, maybe the first few days of July to do it. So uh, the first thing I did was I bush hog back in like March when everything was still dead because I hadn't done anything with this 
land in a couple of years because I, I was just letting it grow up. And I bush hogged it back in March. And then when everything started greening up, well, I guess that was about the middle of May, I sprayed it really, really good. And then I had to spray it one other time because I missed some spots. Uh, and then once I sprayed it, I went ahead and, and got the seed drill and planted it when the when the when it finally dried up a little bit. Yeah, and that's that's the same principle I did on mine too is bush hogged it because uh, the places I planted before on my old farm, it, it was like yours. It, mm-hmm. it hadn't been farmed. I don't know if it ever been farmed. Sure. It was just pasture ground. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I went in, bush hogged it, like you said, in, you know, March. And then I went in and sprayed it. Mm-hmm. And then I fertilized it. Yeah. After I sprayed it. And then I think I did what you did too. I went back and sprayed it again. And then I, I planted it. Sure. So, and, and I will tell you, uh, something that really helped me mm-hmm. and, and you can, like if you're planting corn and I don't even know if I told you this the uh, when you did yours and I probably should have, <laughs> if I didn't is I had the, uh, the local place that I deal with on the co-op as far as the ag, I told them what I was doing mm-hmm. And I said, here's my soil, and this is what I'm doing. And I want to go ahead and put the nitrogen I need for the corn so I don't have to go back in and do anything. Sure. So so they mixed my fertilizer and all my nitrogen together. Okay. And then I spread it. And then, therefore, I had – and then I planted it. Okay. So, yeah, that's a, just a slightly different – I sprayed it and let everything die, and then I – and I, and I almost forgot the fertilizer. It was sitting in the in a spot that I forgot about it. I just forgot about it. But what I did is uh, I went ahead and drilled it really good or drilled it, but my drill didn't work too too well. Um, then I fertilized, and then I lightly disc because the, the way the seed was going into the drill, it wasn't quite going in the hole that disc was putting, so it wasn't getting – so I went ahead and lightly disced it in, uh, the fertilizer and the corn. And on my one side – Again, my seed drill just didn't work. Hey, I'm learning. I, I'm trying. That's all you can do is try and learn. On the, I've got a, two sides of my drive, and I put, you know, I think it's point six acres on one side and point two on the other side, and I broadcast the point two acres on the left side, uh, just in a regular seed bag. Went in there and broadcasted it, and then I went in there and lightly dissed over the top of it again. Now, the one thing I have done since I planted, so I planted it about ten days ago. Actually, yeah, right at ten days ago. Uh, I took a little hand spreader or sprayer with the 10 acres I've got and any grass that was starting to turn green, I've gone ahead and hit again with my sprayer. So hopefully uh, the grass won't be a problem. Before we continue on, let's recognize some more fine supporters of Drawn to Wildlife. For over 20 years, Higdon Outdoors has made the best waterfowl decoys in the business. Now they bring that same tradition of painstaking research and development into the world of turkey hunting. Introducing Higdon's new lineup of hard-body decoys. Ultra lightweight and versatile, these decoys have it all. Realistic, high-contrast paint schemes and XHD hyper-feathering detail for each individual feather. And Higdon's Apex Stake System delivers natural movement in all conditions. Get real this turkey season with Higdon Outdoors. It's that time of year again when the deer like to play in the roads. If you are one of the unfortunate ones to hit a deer or have a different type of accident, call Jason's Collision Center in Paducah, Kentucky. They offer towing 24 hours a day and can handle any and all insurance claims and estimates. 
So if your vehicle is broken down and you need assistance, call Jason's Collision Center at 270-444-6699. That is 270-444-6699 or take a vehicle by for an estimate at 125 County Park Road in Paducah. Well, tis the season for taxes, and whether you are filing your personal taxes, taxes for a business, or just want to talk to someone to help you plan for the future, Shelton & Associates can help. They've been assisting individuals and businesses in our community since 1996 and are here to help you with any questions that you might have about accounting, taxes, or business. Contact Shelton & Associates in Paducah at 270-442-6688. That is 270-442-6688. Are you having car trouble and need to take your vehicle to a mechanic? If so, take your vehicle to Mercer's Garage on Kentucky Avenue in Paducah. Gary and his team have years of experience and will diagnose what is wrong and get you back on the road promptly. If you just need tires, brakes, an oil change, or general maintenance, Mercer's Garage can take care of all that too. Mercer's Garage at 1761 Kentucky Avenue in Paducah, Kentucky, 270-442-3820. That's 270-442-3820. Welcome back. Don't forget to like us or post a question for Drew or one of his guests on Facebook. Visit facebook.com forward slash Drawn to Wildlife. Here's Drew. Once that corn gets so high, when do you need to throw the nitrogen down if you haven't? And if the corn gets a certain height, it'll drown out the weeds. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. You can put nitrogen on it uh -huh. uh, after it gets, you know, so high. Is it, just, is it just below knee height or six to eight inches I, high? I can't believe, I think it's what you said about the six or eight. Of course, I'm not no farmer, so sure. don't quote me on that. But <laughs> I think it, that, and that was the reason I didn't the want co to. The co-op will know. <laughs> the co-op will know, yeah. And that's the reason I said, what's the easiest way? They said, go ahead and just put the, put your nitrogen before the corn even comes up. When you plant, you know, right before you plant, just spread it. And so that's what I did. And that was the easiest way, because that way I didn't have to go back and do anything. I already had my nitrogen in there. And you know, once the corn, and I had to spray the corn, you know, you'll have to spray probably, one, you know, if you got it to where uh, you got it good and dead, you'll mm -hmm. probably have to spray it one more good time. Okay. Maybe twice at the most before it gets where it shades it out. Okay. So, uh, but I think the, the years that I did it, I only had to spray it once. Okay. And then once the corn got big enough, it shaded out and it was fine. Sure. So, well. Now, that's what I'm doing differently because that one isn't in rows. I'm going to kind of have to hand spray it or just, you know, do something like that because with it not going in the rows like it has to, and that one side being broadcast, which I don't mind doing, just, on a, a, you know, 0.8 acres, you can manually do this kind of stuff. Now, oh, if you're doing three acres like you did, nah, you, you're going to have to do it with a sprayer. <laughs> you're going to have to do it with a sprayer, yeah. And, but like you're talking about, yeah, you can, with a with a backpack sprayer or anything, yeah. Any, Ain't no big deal. Nah, so just, just a little sweat equity. Just a little sweat equity. Yeah, and I've, I've already done that. My eyes are still not right because I got so much sweat in my eyes the other day. <laughs> They're still <laughs> not quite right, but that's okay. Uh, basically, at that point, you just kind of let it grow. I mean, I guess you need to monitor how bad maybe the coons are hitting it or the deer are hitting it. If you got smaller acreages or you plant a smaller area, and you may have to look into one of those electric fences. Um, but I'm just going to monitor that and, and just kind of see what happens. Uh, and you just let your stand, like I said, all the way through the winter, except for maybe a spot that you want to clear out to maybe be able to see the deer or get yourself a shot from the stand or something like that. 
Yeah, and I'll tell you a good thing on beans too is is that and I did this is if you want to when those beans right before mm-hmm. those leaves fall, it's going there and plant you some, you know, we call it big and beast here. Yeah, you know, there's all forge. kinds of different yeah. yeah, frigid forage has that and then there's all kinds of other names for it. Yeah. But basically some turnips and some rape and radishes and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you can sow that in there when the beans just broadcast it with a hand seeder. Mm-hmm. And once them leaves fall off and and take that stuff a take, man, and you then you got a green and a and a grain there. Yes. And it it's good. <laughs> uh, you you've you've had good luck with that. And that's what I try yeah. to plan on t- doing as well. I've got to have that clover right there next to the woods and then the, the corn and then I'm just gonna monitor how bad the grass is and everything else. And I I might be doing something like that as well. We'll just have to see how the fall uh plays out. But uh yeah, I I, I've never done a summer plot before, so I wanted to try it to just try and improve my farm the best I can. Uh, and I think that's, I just think people need to get out there and try it if you get the land to do it. And you can always do the annuals in the fall too. If something doesn't turn out quite right, uh, you've always got that as a backup. Uh, yeah. And definitely, you know, because I've even watched, you know, some of these hunting shows and stuff that they talk about, even on permission, even some farmers. Mm hmm will let you plant some sort of food plot mm-hmm. just so they can, you know, it, it, it helps with erosion or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just, you know, it, I mean, the worst thing to say is no. Correct. So, you know, why not? Ask? I mean, I asked my farmer last year that I hunt on that other property mm-hmm. after he harvested the corn. I mean, I just went over, I said, Johnny, you care if I plant anything uh, back there? And I was going to plant some, uh, some oats and wheat. He said, have at it. Yeah. So, I mean, I went back there after they harvested, took my tractor and, and, uh, bush hogged it and, you know, and, and it turned out good, it. didn't it? It turned out good. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, it don't hurt to ask. I, mean, <laughs> I, I did yeah. that before at another property and I'll be honest. It, I, I think I just took one big bag of oats and I went in there and hand spreaded it, uh, after they had picked some corn and I, I believe I had gotten permission. <laughs> I think I had, <laughs> but guess where all them deer they came by? They came through the green section and they'd get a little bite by the oats as they were going up to the rest of that cornfield. It it put them deer that were typically a hundred yards, hundred and twenty five yards out to within fifty yards of that stand. So Ooh. it's yeah. it can be dynamite. I'm telling you, it can. I mean, and that's and you did, and that's what I did. Just hand spread it. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's it. Yep. And you know, it's just something a little extra that. All it takes is, like you said earlier, just if you just want to work at it, yeah, and and give it a try. Sure. So yeah, it can't hurt to try. And again, I, that's like I said, I'm just learning, man. If this corn doesn't work out, and 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 which I went up there today, and it looks pretty good actually. Uh, we need another rain. I hate to even bring that into to the aura, but we actually it's been about a week, so we need a little rain for this new crop that's coming up. Uh, if it doesn't work out, I'm I'm going to be kind of like what we talked about. I may be barring your drill and putting some bean in there so uh we'll just have to see how it plays out all right this will be the final break on drawn to wildlife the podcast we'll be right back right after this quick message the old bait house in Baduca is family owned and operated whatever your marine service need a motor rebuild tune-up or parts installation our certified mechanics will get the work done and done right now is the time to get your boat ready to hit the water Come by the Old Bait House today at 2005 Irvin Cobb Drive in Paducah. That's 2005 Irvin Cobb Drive. Or visit us online at theoldbaithouse.com. The Old Bait House, family owned for over 60 years. 
As you drive around the area, it's clear to see that post-frame homes, post-frame buildings, and metal roofing have become very popular. If you're in need of a new building, home, or want to look into a metal roof, Patriot Buildings in Mayfield offers the industry's best products and the finest service at the most reasonable cost. Call 270-251-2770 to discuss estimates for metal roofing and post-frame buildings or come by to see pictures of work they've done. Patriot Buildings on Louisa Lane in Mayfield, 270-251-2770 or check out at patriotmetal.com. A very effective way to see more deer during deer season is to plant food plots. At Phelps Farm and Home Service, where Christian values and friendliness are a tradition, we stock imperial whitetail clover, fertilizer, and lime. We can also custom blend your plot seed. Whole corn, protein, and other year-long attractants are always available. We deliver, too. You know where we're at, downtown Paducah on the Loop. Phelps Farm and Home Service, open Monday through Saturday, where help is in our name. Well, tis the season for taxes, and whether you are filing your personal taxes, taxes for a business, or just want to talk to someone to help you plan for the future, Shelton and Associates can help. They have been assisting individuals and businesses in our community since 1996 and are here to help you with any questions that you might have about accounting, taxes, or business. Contact Shelton and Associates in Paducah at 270-442-6688. That is 270-442-6688. Want more Drawn to Wildlife action? Visit us on the web at drawntowildlife.com. Here's Drew. Another thing that you can do is, and I haven't done this much, but a plot screen would be great. If you've got a stand that's in there and you have decent access and just want to make it, if you're getting up in like a, a redneck or you're getting in another, another kind of box blind of some sort, man, putting a plot screen in there and let you get in and out of there can be very beneficial. And there's concealed from Whitetail Institute. You can probably go to your local co-op, co-op, tell them what you want to do, and they'll put you something up. And I think Don Higgins, we've had on here before from Real World Solutions, I think. He's yeah. got a new good plot screen as well. So uh, that can definitely help. And I may be doing that around the perimeter of some areas uh, as well, especially maybe right in front of the stand to keep yeah, them deer I, from seeing me getting in and out. When do you plant that stuff? You should already plant it, right? I don't know. I think you can still plant it. I I, I got a an ad from a company today saying that it was on sale. So I'm thinking that you're entering the inner, the end of that window to plant it, but it, it could be beneficial. Well, if I don't get to plant it this year, I'm definitely going to take advantage of that next year because there's a place that I'm going to use that. For sure. Uh, your, your new farm, I think you could definitely benefit from that. Yeah, I'm, I got a place in that bottom on that north end that I'm going to put it next to that where I put that uh, that blind. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, it, it that that stuff right there, man, it can be it can work out. I mean, you can create all kinds of stuff with that thing. You mm-hmm. know, not only are you creating security for them not seeing you get the stand, but you can use it as pinches, or you can yeah. do a lot of stuff. And well, so. I talked about that Mark and Brent Frey last year, Terry Lammers as well, back, I think it was close to November. And they talked about if they had farm, they used to go in there and bush hog it, clean it up, make it look real pretty. And now they want to make, they want to break up every food plot into half an acre and make those deer, if they come into that one half acre food plot, they can't see the other side of that acre food plot because of plot screens down the middle of it. And if you're calling, guess what they got to do? They can't just see. They got to come through that plot screen to see if there's actually another deer in that field. So breaking up their line of sight to make them have to come search can be dynamite. 
Uh, and that's that, and that spot that you, me and you looked at the other day on your place. Oh yeah. Oh, it's going to be, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the exact scenario right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he comes out uh, on one side of that hill and looks down in that. I do that with turkeys too. You play to their curiosity. If they can hear your call, but they can't see it, but you're in cover or something, they got to come in that cover to look at it. And that's, that's, you're just trying to draw them near for a shot. That's right. <laughs> and a buck, I mean, at the right time. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's gonna come up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's gonna come look. So talking about uh, that spot last year, that's exactly what happened. I had a my target deer at a hundred yards. I got messed up by the neighbors, which I'm not complaining. They didn't do nothing wrong, just the way the timing played out. But where I was calling from, and this five and a half year old eight pointer was out in front of me, couldn't get any video because of the way the tree tree was. When I was calling, there's a big thicket behind me, and guess what? He thought a doe was getting chased in that thicket, but. Uh, again, the neighbor kind of uh, messed me up, and he turned around and went the other direction. But that, that it is what it is. But that's that's the exact same thing you can do with this conceal and uh, other things. To again, you got an acre foot plot, put that down the middle of it, and make them break it into two plots that they have to look in, come looking. So exactly, yeah, it's good stuff. All right, well, that's gonna do it. I think we've covered it pretty good. Uh, we're probably gonna have some. I've had. <laughs> Probably going to talk tree stands. We're probably going to talk cameras here before too long. Bucks are going to start developing. They're already starting to get there. Um, and we're, we're going to talk a bunch of different topics here in the coming weeks. Um, one little thing I'm going to end on, Josh, and this is something talking about tree stands. I told you about this the other day. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Is I was taking a two-man stand down uh, while it was cooler last weekend. rather do it 79 instead of 97. And I climbed this two-man stand, and I was cleaning out the dirt and everything from last year. I like to check my stands this time of year. And there was a carcass in that stand, and I couldn't believe it, but it was a baby fawn, a hawk, an owl. Some people have said bobcat. Some other people have said coons. I had gotten that little fawn. It was just born and was up in that two-man stand, and it was just the fur and, like, it's little hooves that weren't even, you know, they were uh, less than an inch. I mean, probably even a centimeter big it was up in there and uh, man these fawns and poults and everything have got everything after them i'm just surprised they make it year to year i'm telling you dude i don't see all that uh, hey i learned something the other day that i did not know and uh uh and it's everybody else but josh probably didn't know this but, <laughs> uh that uh which explains it that fawns are born with no scent i was thinking about that the other day yeah that's true yeah yeah. And, you know, I've never even really thought about that, but they're not. And that's how they, you know, the mother really don't go around them very much. Mm-hmm. And that's why they always say, leave them alone when mm-hmm. you, if you don't bother them. And that's kind of their defense mechanism. God made them when they're born. They don't, they don't have any sense. Yeah, so, I agree. Well, there was an instance, I think it was last year behind my house or two years ago. And, uh, I know this doe had just given birth and the fawns, I'd, I'd see them on camera every now and then in front of that mineral site. And then, so they were, they were, that's where the fawns were living, basically. And one night, a, a, a mama deer came through, and then right behind her was a coyote. And you could see that mama deer fighting that coyote off. And I was like, well, he got one of them fawns. I know he did. But I guarantee you, when that commotion was going on, and mama was trying to run that coyote off, they just laid down somewhere. And sure enough, the next couple of days later, I got pictures of both those fawns back on there. So that's... When they lay down and they get still and they don't have that scent, I mean, it's hard for even a predator like a coyote to find them. So, pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's podcast of Drawn to Wildlife. Uh, check us back. We're going to try to do something weekly. I took a couple weeks off. 
Uh, we're going to try to keep rolling out through the summer, talking fishing, uh, hunting, whatever the topic may be at hand. May do some some blocking, Josh, uh, here in the future if the river ever goes down. But that's going to do it. Uh, the season's never end. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Drawn to Wildlife. We appreciate you supporting our sponsors, which help keep us on the air. Tune in next week to the same station, and thanks for listening. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.